Hi again, everyone. Uh, we are back with another Eurythmics podcast. This is Rex Aldana. And it's Mark Stevens. All right. And this time we are here with our good friend, Steve Gaylor. Hi, everyone. Say hi, Steve. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> as, as probably all Eurythmics fans know, is the uh, webmaster of Ultimate Eurythmics Archives, which I believe has been around for how many? 22 years? 22 years, years now, yeah. Yep, and um, it's the go-to place on the web for anything you want to find out about Eurythmics, anything. So check that out. <laughs> and our topic today is going to be uh, Eurythmics collectibles. And, and Steve, and Steve, you know, collection. I know we all, all of us have large collections. Steve probably has the biggest one. Um, and he yeah. was just telling us before we went online with the podcast how big his collection is. So, Steve, why don't you talk a little bit about that? Okay. Sure. Well, ju just purely from the record side, this is not the memorabilia side, which is another whole different story. But in our discography that we have online, we've got uh, nearly 6,300 items in there now. Um, Say that again. Say that again. Nearly 6,300 items. Um, yes, you heard that right. <laughs> the, the, the very first item that I put into the database was in 1991, because <laughs> everything's dates now. Yeah. So I know. And the very first item that went into my database was the uh, was believe it or not a Spanish promo for "Here Comes the Rain Again" on seven inch single. Why I chose that one as the first one, I have no idea. But that's what that's what it, it was. A, it was at the top of a stack. It must that's have been. It was in yeah. <laughs> Um, and now, Steve, uh, you wrote an article in the 90s for Record Collector in the UK, yeah. um, and that was probably around the same time you were launching the website, getting all that together. Yeah, well, I, I was at university in 1989, and Record Collector had asked me to write this article, and I'd never written an article for a magazine ever before. Uh, I'm not even sure um, I fully remember how they knew me, but um, uh, I was uh, probably one of the only students who was lucky enough to have my own computer. And uh, I wasn't studying IT or anything like that, but it became an interest and it became a hobby. And very quickly, I realized I needed to start to write something to manage all of this data that I was bringing together. Um, but it was only for my own use, really. That's that's all it ever was, was to make sure I didn't buy things twice at the record fairs. Um, you know, and I had a dot matrix printout of what, what, what I had in my database and what I had in my collection. Um, and oh my gosh, that matrix! Oh yeah, my gosh, yeah, that's well, that, that was you know that was the only option really then. Um, but this this database has grown and grown and grown, and um, uh, it is actually what drives the website. So I enter everything into my database here uh, on on uh, it's an access database, um, and I run a report at the end of it which extracts a file which says this is all the new stuff that's not been on the website before. And I import it, and all the pages and all the galleries get created automatically. So it's, it's so. How often do you update? I mean, when's the last time that you updated something? Uh, well, the discography I tend to do once a month. So okay. the latest items always appear on the homepage of the website as and when I do it. I'm not very good at telling people that's what I've done. <laughs> I need to get better at doing doing that. Um, I mean, even the Shakespeare sister single that Dave is credited as the co-writer on, that's the latest entry on there because I scanned that in the office today. So, you know, that's a, a, a new release and it's in it's there, it's in the discography. So it doesn't take long to do. Um, so we, we should tell people, you know, this isn't your job. No. This no. isn't what you do. This is still um, a, a, hobby, a hobby, for lack of a better word. 
Yeah. So, um, but how off, how much time do you have to spend on this? So long as Kim's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> Kim is <laughs> my Kim is my very understanding wife. <laughs> she, she she well, this is better than me playing golf. <laughs> she can <laughs> yeah at least you don't have to leave to do no, it right? exactly uh it keeps me sane um uh it, it's a good few hours every week goes into the the site in various things sometimes it's not all necessarily what you see online some of it's just crunching data or we're 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 scanning stuff at the office you know i'm lucky to have my own business and we've got some very good facilities in my office that enables me to scan you know, 12 inch singles and albums really well, very high resolution. And I can get the images that I really want on the website. Um, That's great. And we have like a small area, which is all well lit for photography as well. So, um, you know, that, that, that really helps to drive, you know, the, the quality of the stuff that we put into the website. Um, you know, the magazine archive that we have there is nearly 3000 publications with full scans which is, you know, it's a, wow. it's a phenomenal, it's a phenomenal beast, that part just in itself. Um, uh, yeah, we, we've got a photo library that I have not even begun to properly put into the website yet. It's it's enormous. It, it's around about 18,000 photographs that we have. That, that's just not in me. And there's something and there's something else coming later that's exciting that we can't we talk, can't about, talk about. Yeah, that's no, be very there's exciting. a very big. I know that we've been working on. Yes, there's a there's something big coming, so yeah. that's going to be very exciting. And then we, and, we, um, we, we so Steve, I can see you doing this in your retirement. This will be your yeah, retirement I job. So. I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> we've we've got um, a, a huge memorabilia archive, which I've just been trying to tidy up a bit, and um, we've got a new way of producing some of the content for that. Um, and we've got the galleries coming together, but just you know, the, the archives of posters and adverts for all of the bands is huge. Um, you know, we even just a couple of years ago, there was a new subway poster sort of was discovered. Um, that Lawrence had done as a teaser for um, Love is a Stranger, and it's probably the very first poster, but it was designed to be covered up a week later, so there's probably only a handful of those that ever survived. Uh, but that only surfaced, that only surfaced a couple of years ago. There's still things. That it's amazing what surfaces, huh? After yeah, you're right. you're right, though. You're right about that, that things still surface all the time. Yeah. That none of us knew existed or or had seen, we might should say. Yeah, like the, those those promo Mexican LPs. Yeah. All of a sudden, they're flooded everywhere. Yeah. And I never saw these things back in the day. It was well, very I, I think they're modern-day bootlegs, to be honest with you, Rex. I think they're the original records. But I think that there's probably been a warehouse that's been found with them, and then they designed a new sleeve to go with them to then sell. Really, them that's interesting. Because <laughs> it's happening in Israel yeah, as know. well. There's been some Israeli releases over the last couple of months uh, for the uh, Touch and We To Our One, and a few of their albums with black and white sleeves. But inside is the actual original Israeli album release. But it's just you can tell. I've got. I have. So have you seen the Mexican ones before? Because we've. Uh, I, I, I've seen them. I've seen them on eBay. Yeah. I, have, I, I, I was. I got in quite early, and I offered a very low price for a whole set uh, to the person selling, and they agreed at the time. And why they agreed, I have no idea. But I, yeah. I have a number of them here. Um, yeah, they're, they're too rich for my blood, right? But now. the sleeves were brand new. <laughs> the sleeves were all very, very pristine. So it doesn't. Oh, it, it doesn't. It doesn't compute that they were 
Well, and that and that goes along with you're seeing people on eBay uh, selling sing their own singles, but with their own sleeves that yes. they made. And you see it, and you think, "Oh my gosh, this is a sleeve I've never seen before." And then you realize, no, it's just a bootleg. Yes, and but at the same time, let's see, some of the there's a there's a, a chap in Greece who's right. making some amazing uh, in depth sort of booklet sleeves to go with them. They're they're they're, yeah, they're, yeah. they're stunning items, but you know. Um, Obviously. Yeah. Sony, you could do the same thing, Sony. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Sony could do the same thing. Uh, well, Steve, I, just, I wanted to tell everybody the website. It's eurythmics-ultimate.com. That's the that's the uh, you know the website address for Steve's site. Yeah. And please go check it out. I mean, it's just amazing. And anytime I need to find out something about a release, that's exactly where I go. Pull it up. I, I do want to. I want to say that to both of you, though. Um, how much, you know, you two have, you know, the two fan-based Eurythmics websites that people really, really know. Yeah. Uh, of course, the Ultimate site, Steve's site, and Rex, your site, visit, Eurythmics Video Visionaries. I have to say that every time, don't I, Rex? But <laughs> let's make fun of me. Always you don't have to say it every time. <laughs> but, but, I mean, I, I want to tell both of you from a fellow fan how much – it means to me that the two of you have put in so much work on these two different websites uh, over the years. And both of you have had these websites for so long. These aren't new websites. You all have been doing these sites for a really long time. And, uh, you know, I've known both of you for quite a long time, but, you know, most, a lot of people don't, don't know you all personally, Uh, but man, do they go to your websites and you all have, and just the just the amount of stuff that's on your site, Steve. That you, like you said, the magazine articles, the things that you can that you can look up. That you, there isn't anywhere else to do it. It may may be out there on on the internet somewhere. You've made this yeah, they brought it all together great and convenient for us. And I just want both of you to know, just from another fan. Um, how grateful I am about that. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you both. Well, it, 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 it's really strange because, um, you know, a few things have happened during this sort of lockdown process and, you know, everybody's been perhaps, you know, people have had a bit more time on their hands to do things. And I've had, I've had a, a number of messages from people who've just said, thank you for the Facebook group that we run and for the website, because in these times where they were shut at home, they still felt that they had a bit of a community and that there's still people that they could speak to and reach out to because online was the only place that they could, that where they could go and reach out. And I had some really, I, 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 I was struggling with time and the website and I was at the point where I was thinking, do I really have to continue this? Do I want to continue this? And had decided that perhaps I should just shut the Facebook page down and concentrate on my website because it was becoming an admin burden to me. Um, but then seven or eight people said, oh, we'll help admin. We'll help run it. Um, yeah. And actually now we have, we have 24 seven coverage now um, around the around the world. We've got people in Australia. We've got people in America. Uh, we've got people in South Africa. Um, we've got people in Italy and the UK who are monitoring for any of Facebook's alerts where there's a problem. And there's some great new automation tools in that that makes our job just that little bit easier. Um, and then obviously with the whole Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, nomination that's come through, uh, well, a month ago today, I think it was, um, we saw uh, over the, the two to three days after the announcement, 
we had a 600% rise in traffic to the website. Wow. You know, it's, it's, yeah, I had a lot of, I had a lot of rise too. I couldn't believe it. Um, it was nice. They gave us the press release because um, we <laughs> were sort of the only ones that have it out there. Yeah. You know, uh, and you know, I'm surprised yeah. even like the latest issue of uh, classic pop magazine in the UK, which is the only really sort of eighties dedicated magazine. I call it smash hits for grownups. Um, it's, uh, it's, a fantastic, <laughs> exactly. it's a fantastic publication. Um, yeah, it, it, it really is. There, there, really there, is. there is no mention of Joanne Duran, Kate Bush, or the Eurythmics being nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So there's, there's, you know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't think is really a big thing in the UK. It's not really known. Similarly, I don't think the Brit Awards is particularly well known in in the United States. It's only You're it's right. only because Eurythmics became, uh, you know, did such an amazing performance that people know about it. Um, but you know the Brits is not a, a newsworthy item in the states, and Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is not a newsworthy item in the UK. Um, but interesting, but interesting. The traffic that came to our website was all from around the world. So um, you know there there is still a huge community. This is America. Are, aren't people interested? This is America. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm actually kidding. Um, <laughs> we have to be realistic, Rex. We have to be realistic. <laughs> well. Steve, the whole world revolve around America? <laughs> <laughs> I am joking. Okay. He's stressing that he is joking. Yeah. Um, but um, Steve, you were, when we decided to do this podcast, we should tell you, you know, we sort of had a, a small list of, okay, okay, who, you know, in addition to the two of us talking to, to each other, who would be some of our main people that we would, early guests that we would want to have on? And you, <laughs> of course, were one of our, main people on the, the list. So we're happy that you're here. You were one of our, one of the people we said, we have to have Steve on a podcast. Yeah. Uh, I think I could do volume one, two, three, four, and five with you guys. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that you'll be back. Yeah. That sounds good to me. We can do as many volumes as you want. So speaking of that, I guess we should maybe dive in. Yeah. Um, I, I think Steve just kind of has an, an assemblage of collectibles that we'll that we'll talk about one by one. So, Steve, why don't yeah. you start, and then we'll just yeah, chime so, in so, with whatever we think. So, we thought with, rather than doing a top ten, we'd perhaps just sort of look at a few different items, and you know, some of them are uh, rare and hard to get hold of. Some of them are still available on eBay at a relatively low price, but there's an interest value to them. Um, and some of them have uh, interesting stories, and um, so. Um, I've I've got a few bits and pieces down here, so I, I'm actually going to start with um, one of the items in my collection, which is probably in most people's collections, but I have a real problem with, um, and it's the uh, Sex Crime 1984 picture disc, which we all went out and bought. Oh. Uh, obviously, you guys can see what I'm about to show you, but can you see how badly discolored mine has become? It's yeah. it's it's yeah. brown. It's it's actually completely brown. Um, it's not it's not clear wow. at all anymore. If I take it out of the wrapping, you guys can see possibly just how just how bad it is. This is one of my favourite picture discs, but it's just um, not the same that it that it once was. So uh, I'm scouring eBay at the moment for that item to get a new version of it because I'm sure there's people that have managed to keep theirs in a better condition than mine. It makes me want to pull pull my copy out and see how that one has yeah. fared. Uh, hmm. My my copy is uh, I have two copies and my main one. Uh, both may be, but one of them is brown. So it's interesting. I didn't know if it was just mine that had yeah. done that. So it is interesting. So uh, hopefully we can get some comments here from on the podcast when we as, put it out. As I understand, other it, 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 
it's a reaction to the PVC in the sleeve that uh, that they're kept in. And I have a, a Stephen Tintin Duffy um, picture disc that's the same, and that that's in the same type of material, and that's gone brown. So um, I've recently been upgrading all my sleeves to uh, to not the PVC, but to polythene, uh, which is slightly opaque and uh, is UV sensitive. Um, so I do archive everything in my collection properly. Um, everything in the database uh, generates me a little sticker, which I'm just showing to you guys, um, which tells me um, where it is in my collection, what sort of date I got it, and uh, it just helps me so when I'm flicking through, knowing exa exactly what each item is. So the archive... Well, the color me impressed, Steve. You are so organized. That's great. <laughs> he has to be. Remember, six thousand. <laughs> yeah, he has to be organized. Six thousand two hundred and fifty-nine <laughs> items, and I have two thousand seven hundred eighty-six records and CDs, cassettes in the collection. Uh, I don't think I can take the crown of having the most, though, uh, Rex. Uh, just going back to something you said earlier on, I think I think there's a couple of other fans who who have a larger collection than I do. I've certainly boosted mine recently from a fan who's been selling off some some of his collection. Um, I've, wow. I've certainly benefited from from some of that. <laughs> um, so, yes, you know, spe speaking of, uh, you know, we're all getting we're not spring chickens anymore. I'm 56, you know, so maybe in about 20 years, if I'm lucky to live that long, I'm probably going to be trying to find a, a big Eurythmics fan out there. <laughs> hopefully, you know, younger than me. Yes. That will be willing to take all my stuff because I don't want to I don't want to sell it or give it to a a, a, a a record store or something i'd like it to go to a fan yeah. so hey younger fans out there 20 years from now <laughs> keep that in mind uh, I, should, I should tell a story here because i was saying this to my wife amy uh recently not recently but at some point and i said well you know if something happens to me and i said so and so should get all of my uh subway posters and she said Oh yes, at the right price. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I I, so, I I I have got uh, some of the key items in my collection because I I am lucky to have a few sort of very very rare items. Um, my kids know which ones not to not to gift to the uh, to the local Oxfam store and the ones that they need to keep for themselves as their inheritance. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure you have a list somewhere. Yeah, yeah, that is they're, they're all in the database. They're in the database, the ones that are marked as the key items so that anytime they can print that list off and know which ones are the ones to not sell <laughs> or not give away anyway. <laughs> so what's your next collectible you okay. want to talk yeah. about? Um well, um I thought as we were just doing picture discs, let's go on to uh, and we were talking about Mexico earlier on, but um, these are some of my favourite items, which are the um, five coloured picture discs of the Sweet Dreams single that were oh, yeah. issued in Mexico. Now, everybody thinks that there's four, but there is five, because one of them was also issued as a promo. So <laughs> so most of them, um, obviously, we can see these guys, but most of them have got uh, a standard um, yellow label in the middle. And I think so. Colored, uh, so colored vinyl, not picture disc. Oh, so vinyl. these are colored vinyls. Yeah, these ones. So, so there's 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 four standard ones in the standard sleeves that were released. One's red. One is um, like a dark green. One is uh, a light green, and one is orange. So they're the standard ones. And then there's one which is a, a promotional one, which 
has it's the same lime green, but is a proper a proper promotional one with the white label. Ooh, nice. See, no, I'm red green colorblind. None of this is helping me. So, <laughs> so that's <laughs> really you are. Mark? I didn't know that. Yes, that's the one I've called lime green, Mark. <laughs> lime green. Okay, all right then. So, well, that's or, so, or Mark as you would know it, key lime pie. So the dark green one is a, is is a very different color. You know, it's it's a much much darker. Um, you can see not a lime green, but a dark. Okay, a darker green. So oh, yeah, now this, yeah. all of these were uh, in in Mexico. Yeah, know? and see this this one even has like a, an RCA inner poly sleeve as well. Okay. Yeah. All right. We should point out to all our listeners that if you want to see what these what we're talking about, go to Steve's website and just uh, type in the search bar, and you'll see them. Now, are these are those are, are each of those uh, very rare, or are they hard to get on they, eBay they, now? They, they are now, Mark. Um, uh, there, there was one recently. I think I saw that that was sold for over a hundred pounds. So, okay. so they are they are wow. they are quite a nice uh, quite a rarity. Um, it seems to be the green ones that you see regularly. You don't see the red or the orange one very often. Um, the promo one comes up from time to time. I don't think I knew that there was a red or orange. I remember that there was green, and I don't think I have it. Yeah. I don't think I do. Uh, I do not have uh, your great database. I'd have to go dig through a lot of stuff and see. I, I, I do remember there was green. I don't think I knew there was red and orange. That's fascinating. I, I think no, I have all four of the colors, but I'm not sure if I was aware there was that fifth promo one. Yeah. I'd have to go look. That's interesting. <laughs> And, and and I may sound knowledgeable, but I do actually have to look up a lot now. As we, as you rightly said, we're getting into our fifties now, Rex. I used to know a lot of this stuff, you know, at the tip of my fingertips, but now it's uh, it, I might just have to look that one up just to check. <laughs> you know, you know what's funny, and just really quick, uh, when I think back to the eighties and nineties, I can rem- I, re- I I remember all the years by like Eurythmics releases, album releases, uh, things like that. As I'm getting older. Like if somebody would say to me, okay, what happened in 2014? I'm like, wow, I can't remember anymore, yeah. you know? But the 80s and the 90s, wow, I know every year because of, <laughs> you know, Eurythmics albums that were released, Dave Stewart albums, Annie Lennox albums. So, yeah, we're getting older. Yeah, well, that, that's interesting. I never thought about that timeline that we do have that we – that. You're right about that. <laughs> I mean, you say 1985, and I immediately think of what I lie to you. You know, you think you say 88, I think of you have a place to chill in my heart. So yeah, I just I have these markers. Yeah, and 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 I should say as well, it's not just Eurythmics that I collect. Eurythmics is my main collection, but I I buy vinyl I buy vinyl every week. My record uh, my record collection is extensive, um, yeah. and it is and it isn't just Eurythmics. Eurythmics is one half of the room, and then. Most of the rest of my collection is the other half of the room, so there there is a lot more than just this. But um, let's let's wow. let, let's go on to um, yeah, let's let's have a look at a picture disc. So this this is one that a few fans might not be aware of, but um, uh, this is the uh, Don't Ask Me Why twelve twelve inch picture disc that was issued in okay. the UK, um, which most people will have, and it's still relatively cheap to buy. So this is this is the version of the picture disc that most people. Uh, are aware of and i'm going to show you a slightly alternate version of it now um which actually has a black rim to it and the standard one that came out had a clear rim interesting 
So, yeah, and this, that, this is the fascinating thing about when you really get into collecting, that at the subtle differences on sleeves or like you're talking about now, a picture disc that has a black rim as opposed to a clear rim. Yep. And these are subtle differences, but they're really important when it comes to collecting. It is. That's right. So if I show you this Annie one, so this is the one with the clear. I'm going to show you the one, the picture of her now black, which I think actually stands out far more with the whole black ring. Hmm. Yes, you're right. And and what what is the difference in these? How did I mean? What's the difference in why they're different? Well, I, mean, I, is I, I I this was an eBay purchase that was not very expensive. It was five or six pounds, if that. Um, but it was somebody who had advertised it as a mispress. Oh. And I, to this day, I don't know. I don't. I can't tell you whether that was a mispress or or not. But I know that it didn't come in the standard PVC sleeve with the title embossed over the front. It came in a standard black sleeve, um, which suggested that it never did hit. Uh, you know the sort of the, the standard release sleeve that we have here with Lawrence's icons on the front. So um, you know it's uh, it's one of those curiosity items, I would say. Um, so would you would you say would you say though that you've you've not seen that anywhere else then? No, that's the only one you know of. That's no, the only one I know of. Yeah, but, oh, but, but okay, but, but but maybe people can go and check their version, and we'll we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, that's we'll, what I'm going to do. We'll, we'll have a poll and see how many people have got one with a because it could just be that it went to two different pressing factories. You know, it could be as simple yeah. as that that the rate or or that they overproduced uh, or underproduced in one for the sales, so they needed to press more, and it went to a different production system. Who knows? don't know but it yeah but it's just one of those and then i I've, I've got this one here for you which is uh again the 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 finer detail um and i think most most fans know the story about the thorn in my side 12 inch single and the is it the houston mix what is the houston mix does anyone actually know what the houston mix actually right. is meant to be is it the extended mix that's called the Houston mix or is it an extended mix and a second mix that's called the Houston mix that never got properly released, but got mistaked on the record sleeves. <laughs> it, it is so, so confusing. And um, I, I, I did write an article a few years ago on my website to say, look, this is, look, this is me playing each of these records and I have a white label promo on, uh, which is a, a, a separate record which has a totally different mix of the single to the ones that are physically released, even the ones that are marked as the Houston mix. But there was obviously a huge amount of confusion when the record was first pressed, because what I've got here is um, I've got a UK 12 inch single on the catalog number D88. And on the back of it, it just says, um, you probably can't see it very clearly. It just says it's the, in my side extended mix so if we go to the german version of the same single with the same catalog number that the only difference being on it is that the german one has a barcode on it um where whereas the uk ones didn't but now over that bit that says it's the extended mix we then have a label that's stuck over the print so it's exactly the same sleeve on the back but now it says it's the houston mix not the standard mix. 
Are you are you saying that's that it actually has a sticker it's on a it? I mean, it, it's a physical black sticker. Yeah, I don't know if you. Ah, it's a physical yeah. black sticker that's correcting whatever's underneath. But now, is it the same mix that is the standard? It, so it's the same mix that's on this one here, which doesn't. Have, okay. Which doesn't have the Houston mix written on it. It has extended mix on it. Now, note. I, I don't know if you can see here on, on this, but on on uh, the uh, UK release. For the second track, which is in this town, there are no credits printed whatsoever for that track. Okay, just hit. no, <laughs> no credits. Yeah. Go, to, go to the German version. So this is how we know that it's probably the same pressing. There's no credits for the second version. However, hmm. there is another UK version that doesn't have the sticker over the top because it's already printed, but it and it says recorded in Houston, but then track two all of a sudden has credits. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so we have two UK wow. releases, which are essentially the same record, but with totally different mixed up rear sleeves. This, yeah. this is the sort oh, wow. of thing I would love to see. It makes you wonder what happened with that particular release. Yep. No, no idea. And then, and then we have the, uh, the white label uh, promo which is still on the same catalogue number of DAT-8. So everything's on DAT-8, but it is literally, there's nothing on it. And this was just one of those chance purchases at a record fair. It was a, a white label promo, um, and I didn't have it in my collection, and I just assumed it was going to be one of the standard releases. And I played it, and it was like, well, hang on a minute. <laughs> this, isn't the, this isn't the same mix either. So is is what is on the white label, which is usually, you know, the, the version that is test pressed before they go to, to full press. Is this actually the Houston mix on here? And then it got abandoned because it's a totally different remix. And this is the stuff that we were talking earlier on. People at Sony wouldn't have a clue that that existed. And if they were trying to do any sort of retrospective in the future, they have to reach out to fans for, for these missing gaps because they just wouldn't have a clue that these exist. They just wouldn't. Yeah. No. So. Right. So that's. Uh, yes, I, I think fans are going to be very important to the to your index legacy moving forward, or maybe over the next 10, 15 years. You know, because you're right, Steve. I mean, we're the ones that know the thing. Yeah. You have the website with all the stuff there. It's all there. Again, Sony, are you listening? <laughs> you know, and, and sometimes people will say things like, well, Dave and Annie should remember that. But they they're, they see this from a totally different, you know, we can all think about how you view your whole life. You know, I can't go back in my mind right now and remember everything I've done in my career in different aspects. Yeah. But fans like yourself and, and we are in a different where you've collected these things or you've bought them and you've played them a million times, you know, we see this on such a different level. We have a different viewpoint on this than even Dave or Annie would in that sense, because yeah. this was their career and they were moving on and they were doing these different things and they had so many aspects. So you can't really expect them to no. even yeah. them to, to remember these certain things no. because none of us do. None of us remember all the details on certain aspects in our career. And it was their career or is their career. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's really fascinating. But I think you're so right, Steve, that 
it really behooves Sony to sort of reach out to some some of yeah. these fans. And it's not like, in, in particular, the two of you who have actual websites, you know, uh, where you could give advice, you could provide information, but that's fascinating that there is this, and I've heard about this for years. We've all heard it, the Houston mix. And of course that remix was created at a Houston, Texas yeah. uh, recording studio while they were on tour, yeah. Yeah. which always in itself was a fascinating story to me yeah. that I'm not sure ever really got told back in the day no. properly. So that was fascinating. But and I think you I know, think even even for Dave and Annie, when you look at the you know the posts that we're doing at the moment for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you know we're trying to pick up images from you know across their whole career, and you know, you've got to remember for the bulk of that that's only 10 years. You know, the bulk of these images are just from a 10 year period. And the difference between 1981, 82 to 1989, which is a very short space of time, really, but creativity wise, it's such a broad spectrum of styles and concepts and, you know, avant-garde to sort of more, more sort of accessible images, but, but it's just fascinating. And, how how on earth would you expect Dave and Annie to remember who was the photographer of that photo shoot? When was that photo shoot? Where did when did that happen? When did I meet that person? I don't ever remember meeting them at a party. Where where even was this party? Which country was it? Well, D- Dave even talked about that when he was writing his autobiography. How difficult it was, and you know, to that if if he hadn't had certain things to kind of remind him because. Yeah. We don't. We're, that's that's not normal no. for hu- human beings. You you don't no. catalog that kind of thing. Let, let, like the catalog that you have. This this, <laughs> this, this, this I'll, I'll give you another little sneak preview of something that's coming on the website very soon. Uh, we've we've just put it into a trial mode, um, but uh, we've been trying to log all the people that have worked with Dave and Annie over the years. Okay, and so far in the database, we've got eleven hundred different names. Wow. And this is purely from uh, credits on records at the moment, as opposed to anything else. A few photographers, a few of our key friend photographers and people like Lawrence, obviously. Um, But, um, you know, that's 1,100 people that are credited across the Eurythmics and Dave and Annie solo catalogs. So that's that's just people that have been involved with them in recording studios or, um, you know, in some cases, possibly not even not even met them. Um, because they've done post-production work or something, but there's all these people that have had some involvement in their career, um, and and how would you possibly be able to remember everybody that that was involved? Fascinating. Yeah. Well, what's next? So, um, so this is one of my this is one of my little favourite items actually, um, and uh, partly because I was at the event itself, which I always. You know, it, it was always lovely to see you with mixing concert. It's always been amazing to see. And sometimes you don't realise the enormity of the event that you're at until it's way past. So I was lucky to be at the Brit Awards when Dave and Annie performed with Stevie Wonder uh, in their Union Jack in their Union Jack outfits. Um, and uh, uh, RCA and BMG, as it was then, um, produced a, a commemorative uh, version of the greatest hit CD, which um, comes in a lovely little translucent um, booklet, 
uh, folder. And um, have you both got this this item, guys? Have you? I have it. Yes, Mark, that's one you? of my that's one of my favorite collectibles. <laughs> yes, Steve. So so in, in, in inside, I mean, it it, it follows. I, I'm I'm assuming that Lawrence was involved in the design of this. Uh, maybe he'll we'll see that as one of his items that he posts on his uh, Instagram feed of sort of un, unseen artwork. Um, but it's uh, it's got the translucent page uh, on the inside, like they had on virtual their tour programs. So that that's a sort of signature of some of Lawrence's work. But it's a really nice booklet of biography, you know, of of them and their career, and there's a little discography in there, which is sort of uh, you know mm-hmm. Lawrence's usual way of uh, having a few things in one direction, but he got to turn it around another way to see right. see it completely. And, and then, and then at the back is um, is just the in a sort of slip sleeve section is the uh, the greatest hit CD. But this was um, this was given to people who were attending the Brit Awards, um, and then was obviously sent off to journalists afterwards as part of the the uh, the general PR. Um, but but even so, so you received one at the Brit Awards. I, you got it I, Brit I, Awards? I got one at the Brit Awards. Yeah, I, I had one on my, I, I had one on my seat when I sat down. Um, and of course, I was looking for more on my way out, but I didn't see a single <laughs> sure. one. But I even even down yeah. to the detail of a silver sticker with a red star on the back to to seal it, I think is 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 just that that level of detail that Lawrence always went to in in his design work. And um, so, and if, if anyone doesn't know, he, he's uh, Steve's re- referring to Lawrence Stevens, no relation to mine, unfortunately. <laughs> but Lawrence Stevens, the the fantastic designer for. Eurythmics work, singles and albums, and and Annie as well, and Dave, um, such an incredible person. Steve, I did not know that existed. If I did, I had forgotten. Okay. I, as far I do not think I have that. <laughs> and uh, so you've you've told us you've told me something today that I didn't know existed. Excellent. I, I don't have any memory of <laughs> doing that. I did not know that. And I have to have it now. It, 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 it does pop up on eBay from time to time. I think I've seen it go for as little as 20, 20 pounds. I think I've seen it go for sort of closer to 70, 75. Um, Next time you see it, let me know. It, 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 I don't it, have it. it um, the, the glue that holds it together has yellowed quite a lot on the on the back. Um, so uh, that that's the only thing. Um but to actually have the uh, the envelope in sort of pristine condition is 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 part of really nice. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful collectible. Um, so let let's go to something that's a little bit more uh, uh, easier to obtain. Let's say, well, certainly the two component parts are easy to to, to obtain. So I'm going to show you the two two individual parts. Um, so this was from the uh, Be Yourself Tonight album. So we've got the uh, the It's Alright seven inch single in the white sleeve. And uh, I have got the uh, Would I Lie to You um, seven-inch single. Now, um, when Would I Lie to You came out in the UK, it was pressed on seven-inch and 12-inch. And on both formats, it was released as yellow, blue, and red, and black. So we had uh, eight formats to go out and buy. Um, for Would I Lie to You. For Would I Lie to You, yeah. So no. in the UK, there was eight different formats for, for us fans to, to have to go and spend our money on. Um, but um, RCA obviously had uh, an overproduction of the uh, of the coloured vinyl uh, because then when It's Alright, Baby's Coming Back was released, they actually uh, issued them as a double pack. So you bought the It's Alright and all of them were issued in the white sleeve version, these double packs. And that 
there's I've seen a couple on eBay uh, where someone's obviously just replaced the the wrong sleeve into into the cover, but these were only ever the white version of the sleeve. Um, but you can see they they came in the, a nut with a nice sort of label um, saying that it's a sort of two singles for the price of one. So it was uh, huh? it was their their way of getting rid of the uh, the excess stock, I assume, of the uh, of the coloured vinyl. Um, so was it was it a like a, a gatefold plastic sleeve, or yeah, was it just so, to? So so they are a gatefold plastic. This this one might the plastic was damaged. So so this one's uh, I've just got the the label and stuck it onto another uh, another record. Uh, onto another so not a, it doesn't have a what I lie to you picture sleeve it's just no, just no it's just colored it's vinyl. just the pure colored vinyl um and every color was re-released with it's all right yes yeah so, okay so 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 obviously it was just using them up so i don't know you know there probably wasn't equal quantities it's whatever it's whatever that was left um left over after the production um i will tell you i i, I don't think i have these and i and i think i made a concerted decision that I wouldn't have them because, again, uh, as we've discussed, uh, I was a teenager in the 1980s yeah. and only had so much money. So even when I did find out about them, and it could have been even later, you know, I probably made that decision. Okay, I already have these. Do I have to get them again to complete my collection? So you know, you had to be at some point. You had to say, "Am I a completist?" Yeah, and I'm going to get them. Yeah. Uh, and now I'm sitting here wishing like that I did, but you know, I think we, there you go. We, 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 well, certainly I did. Uh, and I think a lot of people in the UK did, you know, we had a huge selection of record shops that we could go to. Um, you know, we had our price, um, and we had HMV and then obviously in London, we eventually had uh, tower records. We had Sam Goody that came to the UK as well. Um, and then, um, our price merged into Virgin records um, and certainly in London, you know, we had a huge choice of record stores to go to, uh, as, as well as all the sort of independent stores, the Sister Rays and the Reckless Records and in, in Soho and behind Oxford Street. Um, there was, a, you know, literally a road that was just full of record shops. Um, and so a lot of these records that, you know, once they were moving through the charts and were dropping out, you could buy them for 50p or 99p in the bargain bins a week later because they they dropped out of the top 40. So, you know, we, we were able to buy these things for, for, for very little money, really. Um, you know, and, and in hindsight, when you look at some of the prices of records that are being sold today on Discogs and eBay, you just think, wow, I wish I'd just scooped up armfuls. But it's all relative because although I say 99p today, it was 99p then, which was still, you know, a, a, a sum of money. Um, it seems a very small amount today, but you know, you still were making decisions. Am I going to buy this or am I going to buy that? Um, but um, I, I, I still think that's that, 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 that they, they pop up on eBay from time to time at a, sometimes a fairly sensible price, you know, um, sort of in, in the sort of 10 to 15 pound mark, you, you sometimes see them for. Um, but I have seen a set uh, on Discogs once, which was a set of all three color 12 inches and all three seven inches so i was selling them as a bundle and they wanted them at 200 pounds for them so whether whether right. got that or not i don't know <laughs> Let, let's let's talk about something that's connected real quick if we can so I, i've never quite understood uh you know so it, originally it came out on the white sleeve yeah uh very sparse and then of course the beautiful sleeve that's take 
this the the photo taken from the actual Double video. Max's video, yeah. So how did can you just real, very briefly kind of run through that for me? How that worked? How long was it? Were the white sleeves out before the the other sleeve? And were they out at the same time? Well, how did that when, work? When 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 I, so I uh, the other record shop which we used to have on every high street was Woolworths, which um, was like a, a home store, you know, from right all your cutlery and china and would be where you could get your dvd or vhs videos and not dvds at the time <laughs> um uh, and uh i know i know when i went to buy it's all right they had both seven inch single sleeves on the shelf so i still to this day don't know whether the white one was pressed first and then they decided they needed needed a color version and just it was by the time i got to the store they had both i don't know um maybe that's maybe that's a question we can run by lawrence if he knows um yeah that's a good question i mean why, why even a white sleeve to begin with i mean why not the pictures I'm, I'm just checking on the white sleeve now to see if he's actually um if he's if he's credited on the white sleeve. no he, he talked to us about it once he talked to us about it uh i don't i don't think we got it in depth on no on so, so the white the, the white the white sleeve was designed by lawrence so yeah, he 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 talked about it that he did, and it was. I think he talked about you know his 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 very signature minimalist look. But then we went. But I don't know that we got very in depth and, on it. I think that's and part maybe, of why I wanted to ask you. And maybe maybe the video wasn't ready at the time when the uh, the the sleeves were being pressed, and they, ah, and, they couldn't, so. and they and they couldn't get the still from the video in time, possibly. But they needed to get the single out. That's that very that, that's something. We should quickly mention that uh, our sites have a very in-depth interview with uh, Lauren Stevens that we did a few months back. In I was it four parts or three parts? Four, four, four parts. Yeah. Uh, one part, uh, part two, I believe, is on Steve's site. The rest are on mine, Video Visionaries. So go and check that out because uh, he talks a lot about the different designs and sleeves and all that. It's it's, uh, it's fascinating. I, I could I could I mean he and people should follow him on Instagram because he is showing so many items from his archives not not just use eurythmics work he's he's just posted a shakespeare sister uh, promo 12 inch single cover that was never used um yeah. the last couple of days uh, he he shared some amazing uh, work uh, from his his time working on eurythmics uh, catalog so follow, follow him he's uh, lsd underscore studio uh, um oh is, is it lsd underscore studio we'll check we'll, we'll, we'll make sure that we've got that for the end um mark, mark and i are both looking on our phones <laughs> it might have help. but anyway what's your next um, what's your next? Right, so so i've got i've got a quirky cassette here for you um so cassettes cassettes are a weird weird one aren't they really um so cassettes in the uk last year had their highest sales for something like 22 years <laughs> um they seem to be the limit. yes that's are having a resurgence they seem to be the limited edition um version of albums these days and um i guess we should say in a couple of uh, months time uh, Dave Stewart's new album is coming out. His box set for his uh, musical uh, Ebony McQueen, which is is all about his life, but contained within the box set are two cassettes, and on the cassettes are alternate versions of the records that are uh, on the on the main album. So, you know, even even Dave's gone retro for the for the for the new album. Um, oh, so, well, you know, a lot of a lot of current artists are are selling yeah. cassette versions of their of their new well, albums. Co- co- so co- I know I knew vinyl was back. I didn't realize cassette yeah. was back in such a way. Co- Coldplay's uh, recent album, they did a cassette box set. So every cassette had two tracks on it, and you had to buy five to make the album. 
and each was a different colour and then stacked together sort of made the picture of the album cover. Um, you know, re- really, a really sort of nice item, but of course, uh, you, you, you could argue it's to exploit the fans um, because, you know, you can they bundle everything together and sell it for 160 quid and you get everything. So, um, but cassettes, I've, I've never been, um, never been a huge fan of cassettes. I, ne- I, I never really yeah. was. Um, and obviously collected all the cassette singles, um, as they came out, uh, the ones we knew about, of course, uh, the cassette singles. Obviously they came in so many different versions where some had the sort of cardboard, slip sleeves and some came in the standard plastic they were just uh, they were just horrible to store because you know they just they just never really and it was hard to sort of keep them alphabetical order or whatever order you wanted um so they were never a huge thing for me but um i have to confess i have been buying some of ross's cassettes um that, that he's been selling in australia uh, I would say that he possibly had had the largest collection of, of Eurythmics cassettes of uh, of any collector I know, um, and there's there's a few sort of interesting ones that he had which I've I've, I've uh, purchased from him. Um, I guess the, uh, the there's a few which I'll just mention, um, but uh, the the I think possibly one of the most collectible cassettes from Australia is the Beethoven cassette single, only country that had that issued as a as a as a single on cassette there. Um, there's obviously the, um, the sisters are doing it for its, for themselves cassette single in a purple sleeve that was issued in the UK. Uh, where in the UK exactly? Only a few people know because so few of them exist, but one of the guys on our forums. I believe, uh, I, believe I have that, Steve. I have that purple one. You do? Yeah. So th- that. I don't, I don't have the Australian Beet- Beethoven, but I do have that. It, 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 purple. It, I didn't realize it was so rare. You, you've probably got the rarest cassette single. Really? Yeah. <laughs> more, I, 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 I would say more so than the Right By Your Side, uh, the um, um, Satellite of Love, and, you know, the, the freebie that came with Right By Your Side single. Um. Wow. Uh, step on the beast um i think i think you would find that if you were to decide to auction that sister's uh cassette single you would be looking at a four-figure sum so uh this is truly a cassette wow. single the sisters are doing it. it's a, truly a cassette single it's the single on yeah I, i'm yet and, to, and I, i'm yet to ever actually hold one a c one um uh, there's there's a, um, a chap on our Facebook forum who has one in the UK, and he bought it in the UK from his local store. Um, and it and it nineteen nineteen eighty five would have been very early. Cassette singles really yeah. weren't a thing no. in nineteen eighty five. Yeah. Correct. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sort of eighty seven, eighty eight, eighty nine. Sort that Yeah, that is so fascinating. Yeah. But I, I've, I've I've seen that before where people have talked about it. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I may be wrong, but I think the first cassette single I saw, you know, for anything Eurythmics related, might have been for the you have, uh, put a little love in your heart. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. That might have been no. the first time. Uh, well, chill in my heart would have been you. Chill in my heart, and I need a man. That would have that would have preceded put a little love, right? Uh, yeah. uh, that would be no, more savage. That would have been uh, yeah. Was it? That was, it'd be eighty-eight for. Yeah, listen, look at us. Our ages are showing now, aren't they? 
<laughs> there are fans out there going, hey, they're wrong. <laughs> That's fine. I'm happy to be correct. We just no. explained this a few minutes ago. Our brain works perfectly trying to go backwards. <laughs> yeah, so that, just go, put a little love with the website. doesn't mean it's all right, you know. <laughs> I mean, hey, look at Wikipedia. Wikipedia is not exactly right on everything, is it? <laughs> No, we do the best we can. Exactly. Uh, so what else, so, what, else, so what, got, what else do you have? I've got two cassettes that I am going to talk to you about. Um, okay. And uh, one of them actually uh, I didn't even know existed, to be honest with you. Um, so I, I unfortunately was never a member of the uh, Eurythmics fan club. Um, Steve. It was, it was purely, purely, purely financial, to be honest with you. Um, you know, my mom and dad worked very hard. Um and uh, it's just one of those things that, that, that never happened. Um, I, I think I've probably got everything that the fan club subsequently did. <laughs> it's, taken, it's taken many years to do. But, but, but they did issue this cassette. And uh, I've not seen another one of these before. I know they advertised it and, it. and it was on one of their sheets for people to order. But this was a cassette compilation of every oh, yeah. single one of the uh, flexi discs that they gave. Yep. Uh, yep uh, but but by all accounts this is actually a very very hard cassette now to to purchase and um uh i have that wow i think i have that too yeah i'm sure you do rex yeah well i i i'm i i would like to think that obviously everyone in the fan club did actually go and buy one which is why it made it hard for anyone else to get one <laughs> i i think i got mine later on ebay or something i don't I right, get it okay. from the fan club and i didn't join the fan club until 87 so and I felt like, wow, I'm a I'm a latecomer. So I remember when the when the fan club talked about it that it was that they'd done it and they had put them all on a cassette. I remember that. In, yeah, in, in, I, I had no idea that. Well, I would know. I mean, anything from the fan club at this point would be fairly rare because there were only so so much. I would. I mean, when I I didn't. I don't remember. You know, well, the fan club. You know, had certain T-shirts you could order and different things. I never. I don't. Again, going back to what Steve said, you know, as a as a young person, there was only so much money to go around. Yes. And so um, I, I didn't get a lot of the stuff that the fan club would sell. And uh, you don't see any of that stuff on eBay. I, I do a regular search. If you'll, uh, they, they would have different things. I, I often do a regular eBay search. I don't find any of the stuff from the fan club. No. Uh, so uh, I hadn't really, really hadn't well, thought about that. So I'm, that, that, I've, that just, I've, just, a lot. Yeah. I've just been I've just been looking through my paper archives, which um, uh, I'm just I can show Mark and uh, so so these are all the binders of various various things that are going on here in the archives. That's some of the paper stuff, but I do have a fan club uh, binder here, which is full of all of the. Um, hold it this way. So it's got all the like the, okay. the Christmas cards and the photos and. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the various letters that were sent. Um, I mean, it's literally, it's just, there you go. It's just, it's just tons mm-hmm. of it. <laughs> and, and I'll be honest I, with you. Um, this, this is something that has happened, uh, over the last couple of years as well. Um, I'm not going to mention any names in this, but there, there are some fans who have been wanting to, for various reasons, um, move their collections on, just like you were talking about earlier on Rex. Um, and uh, I've been sent stuff um, because it's not in the archives, it's not scanned, it's not on the website, and people have just donated it to me. 
and said, just mm-hmm. you know, put it on, get it on there. I've had scrapbooks donated to me from people. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're childhood scrapbooks that we've now digitized and they are online. They're on, they're, they're part of our website. And I think they're just as equally part of Eurythmics history because it shows the personal impact that Eurythmics have had on, on people's lives and how, how they've put together these. But you, you can see this, this is just, it's just tons, tons and tons and tons of stuff that, that came yeah, that- uh, I have I have such fond memories of the fan club. I mean, and uh, and we should mention that uh, you know Dave Stewart's ex-wife actually uh, yeah was in charge of the web yes. uh, of the fan club yeah, and she wrote me several. Uh, I would write her, or uh, you would write the fan club, and she would write you back personally. You know, I still have yeah. them. You know, and yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, yeah, remember that? It was so, it was so cool. I mean, and it was um, it was so important because. You know, clearly, we did not have the internet at that point. Uh, you know, this was a lifeline. You know, to find out, okay, how do you find out more about this, the the band and and other fans? Yep. So, yeah, I, I, I it would, it. I don't think I realized how valuable, in the sense of a collectible, that cassette would be. Yeah. But if I thought about it for just a second, it, it would, yeah, it would certainly. You would know that it should be. It becomes obvious. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What's your other cassette you wanted to mention? So um, it's got to be the um, Step on the Beast cassette that came with oh, yeah. me. Now, so so my sleeve, uh, this is the original, this is the original PVC, but you can see it's it's shredding. Um, the cassette has never been played in this one. I, I have three copies of the cassette. Um, so this was a Step on the Beast cassette single that was given away free with the Right By Your Side 7-inch single. It was shrink wrapped, and there's a purple hype label um, that, that that goes on the front. But um, what I want to talk about was the actual cassette itself. Um, so there were two versions of this cassette that that, that came out, um, and it's the the version that um, is with the picture sleeve and comes in the plastic case. Uh, but there is actually a second version of this cassette that comes with a paper label. Um, not a printed label like the standard one comes with. Um, and uh, it's taken me quite a long time to actually work out the reason for the paper label. Um, and uh, the paper label version actually has two paper labels on it. There's mm-hmm. the paper. The first paper label is actually correcting a spelling mistake on the first cassette. The second paper label okay is then correcting the spelling mistake on the second label. <laughs> and the second label actually didn't need to be there. The first label didn't need to be in the first place because the original spelling was correct in the first place. And it was all, and, <laughs> and, and it was all around the word Eurythmics. So so if you, are you saying if you peel off the second label, yeah. the first one's correct? Yes. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. I, I have both versions of the cassette. I have the one with the label, which I've never peeled off. <laughs> yep. So you're that's so I, wait, now how did you find that out? That's 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 what I want to know. How did you find out if okay. I take this label off, it's correct? Yeah, so um so I uh just through work we have a we had a this is going back a long time ago now. We have a we have a, had a special spray. It was like it was like a, a glue removing spray, but it would turn uh, it would turn something translucent. So I applied just a tiny bit of this to the label to see what happened, and it was all revealed to me. 
I love. Okay, I love that science has come into yeah. rhythmics collecting. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but uh, yeah, that's 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 very. And that cassette that I have that is the that has the two labels. Yeah. Doesn't have the picture sleeve with it. No, it doesn't. It's, it's on its own. I have the one with the sleeve that doesn't yeah. have. So yeah. fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I might have that second one. I it's so familiar to me. I, you know, as I get older, it's like, do I have it or am I, am I just used to seeing it? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, like on your side or somewhere. And it's like, I don't know, but yeah, that's really it interesting. Is. Rex, are you are, Rex? Are you learning things today? Like I am. I mean, I, he's. Yes. You've already yes. told me. I, I, you know, two or three things that I did not know about. And I've always considered myself a fairly knowledgeable collector, but, and that's, that's the fascinating thing about these, that, that there's so much to, you know, and then you sort of, you move on with life and you're like, okay, you don't remember that, but. Okay, Steve, what's next? Okay. So um, we spoke about this briefly earlier on, but this is, um, it's probably one of my favorite items in my collection. Um, you know, it's very hard to get this in mint condition today. Um, but the Wii 2R1 promotional box set, which back in 1989 was commanding prices as high as sort of 200 pounds, um, in, in the collector's market, certainly in some of the London stores, Steve Sounds in Soho, uh, Music, uh, Music Exchange in Notting Hill, they were wanting 200 pounds for this particular item. Now it's Canadian, correct? No, there's two versions, Mark. There is a UK version and there is a Canadian version. So, are they the, basically the same? They are essentially the same. It's just the cassette inside is 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 slightly different, I believe. Um, oh, and I, I, I've got the Canadian one because I can. It's it's a videotape, correct? It's yeah, a, that's it. So I, I can play it. So yeah, uh, I, I have the and so I don't. I have no memory. I have no memory. I don't know what I paid for. Do you have it, Rex? I do have it. I'm not sure if I have the Canadian one or the UK one or even both. Okay. Um, so the I so think I was able to watch the video, so I must have the Canadian. Must have the Canadian. One. Uh, I, yeah, you probably do. So the so, so people who've not seen it before, it's a it's a like double VHS size box. It's in white card, which is really hard to keep pristine and clean. So it's normally in my display cabinet. Um, I have managed to basically keep this one in a fairly good condition. Um, you do see them quite tatty on on eBay, but if it's something you haven't got and you're happy to overlook that, um, you know you can buy them now for as little as twenty quid. Um, but you'd you'd be looking at forty or fifty pounds to get one in a sort of decent condition. But I just love the the sort of the the whole unboxing experience, you know, that we've got so used to with our technology and Apple and you know the 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 magic seven seconds of the vacuum of the box opening and revealing the contents because that's that gives you the the maximum amount of um, passion for the product inside but this is like the little box that keeps on giving because you open it up and you've got the vhs inside um and then you've got another little box with another little flap on it to open and then inside that you've got your um your rhythmic sort of um uh, release statement and the uh, little fold out uh, tour calendar that's on the inside which is lovely uh, then you've got the CD, but that's inside another little uh, sort of canvas sleeve uh, to protect it. And then you've got the uh, the cassette inside the box, um, which is the uh, the, inter the syndicated interview, basically. So that's that's what was sort of could be sent to radio stations to be used as an interview to be broadcast. Um, you know, with um, 
with with uh, with fake questions, if you like, <laughs> with Dave and Annie answering. But um, it, I, I just think it's a lovely item, um, you know. And, and today it's yeah. relatively cheap for for people to get hold of a a copy in a relatively good condition. It, it was again, not. We want to we want to point out all of these things can be seen on Steve's Steve's site. Unfortunately, we're not doing a video podcast, so we can't <laughs> show you all these. But just go to Steve's site. Can I? I just want to bring up something. We were talking about the, uh, you know, how you can't find that particular collectible in good in good condition. I wanted to bring up the King and Queen of America cigar box. Yeah. And I, at the time, so many of them came. The covers were warped. Yeah. And I tried. You know, I bought multiple copies trying to get one that wasn't warped, and I think finally I did. But was that a fairly common thing with it warping, Steve? I, I think so. I think it was quite cheap wood, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> I don't think and, it was. And, and some it. came with a clasp, a, a clasp, and some did not. That's correct. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming the clasp came second after I suspect record store said we can't deal with this thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it was not a, it was not a friendly item to put on the uh, on the shelves either. <laughs> So I have one here that's I've With never even opened because ah. I finally got it. I finally got it, you know, in good condition. So I won't even open it. But yeah, well, good for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, I mean, the the box has lasted better than the um, the I need a man tin. I think everybody's tin yeah. is finished. Uh, yeah, but, it is. Yeah, Isn't that sad? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I have tried yeah. to polish one up, but it just doesn't. It doesn't want to do anything. <laughs> you know, I tried, to, uh, un I tried to unwarp the lid of the King and Queen by like subjecting it to steam and all this kind of stuff. I I, I read about how to straighten out wood. None of it worked. <laughs> <laughs> so as as, well, as you uh, as you mentioned, King and Queen of America, Rex, it would only be appropriate to talk about the King and Queen of America. Uh, presidential seven inch sleeve um yes. and i guess i can give you uh my story on how i came to uh to own the single um okay and um uh, a little bit of the story as i understand it um as to how it even existed um i have been desperately trying to find out uh more about the design of the single because it wasn't done by lawrence this is this is one of the few Eurythmic sleeves that is not a Lawrence Stevens design, and to be fair, the the the, the company who are behind it no longer exist. Um, it was um, a company called T and C P Associates that were based in Paddington in London and in Hollywood. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but I, I I did a bit of investigative work and I tracked down the two people who used to be the owners of the company and. Uh, emailed them both and just said do you know anything at all about this single and neither of them had any recollection of what was going on but 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 interestingly one of the guys actually designed the uh piano used in dave's spiritual cowboys um uh records uh where he's sat and again and it's all all branded as spiritual cowboys. he actually did that so um, it was quite interesting talking to him about that project, um, but I really wanted to get some answers on this, but um, he he didn't, neither of them were able to help me. They did put me in touch with a couple of people who worked in their studios at the time, but it, it, it unfortunately has come to a, a, a sort of dead end. So 
the, the familiar sleeve that everybody knows is all the different caricatures of Annie and Dave as, you know, spacemen, as uh, president and um, uh, president's wife and the, uh, the people shopping and the game game show hosts. And, you know, it's an amazing sleeve. It's uh, they must have had such which was done by which yeah. was done by Lauren. Well, yeah, that's yeah. right. So, yeah. you know, they, they must have had such fun doing it all. But, you know, and I, I just wonder if um, this I mean, it, my, my thinking always was, well, maybe they just got the Hollywood office to design something different for the American version of the single. But it, but it was released in the UK. This is this is the bit that I, 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 has always really frustrated me and uh, with, with finding out more because the seven inch single is as is the UK catalog number. It's a UK pressing. Um, I, I don't know if you, do either of you guys own own the sleeve. Have you both got it? I've never been able to find it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm on the lookout for it, but no. Uh -uh. Yeah. So 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 I've got it in my hand here. This 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 is probably one of the prize Eurythmics items in my collection, really. Um, and um, the the story, as I had had heard, was that um, it had been pressed and was distributed into the uh, chart return shops in Oxford Street, and that that basically meant HMV and Virgin and a couple of the smaller stores. And what the chart return shops were were the stores that, when the barcode was scanned, it went towards the sales figures for the charts. And not every record shop in the UK uh, contributed to the charts. But what happened was that the on the on the road reps would know which stores had the barcode scanners for the chart returns. So they would be visited regularly by the reps who would dump all the different versions of picture discs and CDs and would offer them sort of buy one, get one free deals to, to get the stock into the store and they would pre-price everything at 99p because they wanted people just to sit on the shelf and buy it. And you know, I, I used to know which chart, which were the chart return shops in London, and I used to go and buy loads of records. Uh, I think one of my biggest successes was I bought every Guns N' Roses picture disc for 99p, and when I came to sell them, I was selling them for over 150 pounds each. Um, you know, and they and they still had the 99p label on them. But but this is this 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 is this was yeah this is the this was what London was like um, you know and, and other cities around the UK that, that had the chart return stores um, and the story is that the single was distributed to uh, HMV and uh, Virgin on Oxford Street uh, by the reps and it all been printed and pressed and it was all out there um, and then somebody at head office realised that it had gone out with the wrong sleeve and the reps were told to recall all the product as quickly as they could because the wrong version had been being distributed so someone somewhere had made the decision that the wrong that the sleeve was pressed as the presidential sleeve and not the standard sleeve um and and as as i understand that you know when this type of thing happens um you know it happens with loads of artists even today sleeves get withdrawn they become highly collectible because most of them get destroyed because that's the instructions of the record company um however um what also happens is that they they get exported and this particular single was exported to Australia, which is why this particular sleeve does pop up in Australia from time to time, because it hit the export boxes and it was too late to, to, to recall it. Um, and that, that, I guess, links back then to uh, how I came to own this record in about 1997, um, because I bought a, a collection from... Um, somebody in australia 
and I don't know who it was. It certainly wasn't any of the, the fans that we know uh, in, in our community today. And uh, it was literally just like lo lots and lots of Australian pressings and releases. Um, and I bought about 60 records from this person in Australia. And the box arrived. And I was going through the box. And this single popped out. I had no idea that I'd even bought it. it was <laughs> Were you aware of it? Of, it, of its existence I, 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 I was aware that it existed but I was yet to know anybody who had one so it was it was the the fable if you like at the time it's uh, yes it's out there but who's got one that no one knows um, so so when I actually calculate it all back I paid 50p for the record <laughs> if I average out if I average out what wow. I spent that day on that collection then it cost me 50p <laughs> and, and wasn't there someone very recently then they posted on your Facebook page, Steve, yeah. wasn't there someone very recently who also bought this yes. in some used record store for next to nothing? It was right? actually, um, it was actually one of, one, one of our members of our community and uh, somebody, do you remember who? Uh, you remember yeah. Who? I, I don't know if it's right to say their name, Mark. So I'll, I'll, uh, they will reveal themselves if they want to. Um, um, but, well, I think you did on the Facebook page, didn't they? But it, but it was on Discogs. It was on sale on Discogs, so anybody oh, could have it? bought it. However, oh, if, wow. you've got, if you are, if you have it tagged on your watch list, and you get your email from Discogs, and you're at the right time, and you see it come in, I think it was eight pounds. <laughs> oh, okay, eight pounds. Okay, <laughs> but not it. not fifty p, but eight pounds. Okay. <laughs> but 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 today you would be probably in a you know getting this in a mint condition you would be looking at at least a thousand pounds i was i was offered the single not very long ago two three four years ago uh for 1500 or a thousand i don't remember one of those which i turned down at the time i'm like no uh, yeah um yeah 8p yes or, or not 8p eight pounds, eight pounds. <laughs> yeah um so I, I, no, I think i think it's you know probably uh the most collectible uh, seven-inch single that you could you could possibly have, um, and yeah. and possibly the most confusing in trying to figure because we did ask Lawrence Stevens about it. Yeah. His guess yeah. about it was that it was uh, a U.S. sleeve. That, uh, but again, I think you're right on. But this was a British, yeah, because because the, uh, so. the, the the back of it is all UK catalog numbers, UK barcoding systems. Um, it's yeah. uh, printed in England. It's printed on it it's printed in england so it it's yeah. it, it's it's a it's it's just a an, uh one of those anom anomalies i think so i've just yeah. got i've just got one more thing i think to show you uh, okay which is something that wait steve before you go to that can i just ask i want to ask you a question real quick mm. one of the hardest seven inches that i ever could you know it took me forever to find and it was so hard was the seven inch of two les garçons et les filles you know, with yep. that that scribbled writing on it. Yes, is that rare? Because it was so hard for me to find. Yeah, I think I think I think you could say it's a, it's a certainly a, in in the top top ten rarities, uh, Rex. Okay, um, yeah. Just because it was released in such a small quantity in 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 Canada, uh, that's that's what makes it so hard to 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 be able to, you know, to to get. Yeah, I think uh, my my partner Dave gave it to me as a Christmas present one year, and I think he paid like. 150 dollars yeah. or something and yeah. you know that was like 
oh my god, one hundred and fifty dollars, and now that you know, like nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I know, and it's uh, you know, it's it, it it's when you when you get to her age, you you sort of you know, mem- memories and buying days out and 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 experiences is what what we really want to spend our money on. But every now and again, there's something that you go, you know, what I really want that, <laughs> and it doesn't yeah. matter what the price is going to be because you really want yeah. it, right? You know, um, you know, a couple of the items that have always avoided, uh, evaded my collection so far. There's a French uh, box set of one of Dave Stewart's uh, seven inch singles of Jack Talking. And it's a promotional set. And it's a, a really lovely fold out box. Um, never seen it. I've seen it on eBay. Uh, I've seen it on uh, EIL.com, but after it's sold. Um, I've, I've never seen it. I've never seen the real copy of that. And that's something that I would love to have in my collection. Um, because it's one of the few spiritual cowboys items I don't have, but what are the chances of it coming up now? I don't, I really don't know. So, wow. So this, this last item is, um, I don't know whether many people are going to know this one. Actually, it's not my last item. I've got one other. Um, I just wanted to, I know we've name checked Lawrence quite a few times actually, but probably the, uh, the most recent, uh, proper Eurythmics release that we had was the uh, 1984 uh, album that was remastered for Record Store Day. Um, And uh, there were two versions of it. There's a UK version and there's a US version. Um, And there are some sort of subtle, subtle differences between the two. But um, I know uh, Lawrence was really excited to actually finally get his hands on the design for the 1984 album because he wasn't asked to do it originally. And he was able to put his Eurythmic stamp on it and he was able to get his, uh, you know, the star icon in it. And he, he sort of was able to sort of redo the, uh, the sleeve. But what I particularly like is um, the US version. Okay, so I've got the UK version, which is here. Um, but the thing that I, I find I love about the American version is that the American version is on the RCA label and the UK version is on Virgin label. And to me, this sort of felt like it was the 1984 album finally coming home and being on the right label that many of us have felt it should be. So for me, actually just seeing RCA on the logo for the album 1984 um, is the reason why I bought the American version of the Record Store Day. And it's a lovely, it's, it's a lovely heavy red vinyl as well. I, I sort of really like oh, that release. And it, yeah, and it's just beautiful. It's it's beautiful and it sounds wonderful. I'm gonna have to look out look out for that UK version. <laughs> and then I, I may even have it. I need to go back and I just need to look. And the it. you know the the redesign of the photography on the inner sleeve by Lawrence. It's all subtle changes. It's subtle differences, but it's his design eye that he's brought back to that record, and he's sort of finally got it. And you know, obviously he got the opportunity to, to redo the piece or to do the piece album for the first time on vinyl. And, and he did tell me in a separate conversation just what a thrill that was for him to to sort of have done every album now for the Eurythmics. He'd, he'd yeah. been involved in so, so some of the more recent things, but still to be asked to come and do it was a was a thrill for him. Right. Yeah, so good for him. So, so this is yeah. this, this is my, my last item. And... Um, uh, you know, a lot of fans are going to have this. Um, this is the uh, this is the Eurythmics boxed uh, box set from two thousand and five. Oh. Um, this one's quite That's so sweet. Steve. This one's very special to me because um, this was left to me by Norma in her will, and this is her box that was signed by Annie, 
and you can see the lovely star that Annie's written uh, or drawn in the box there. It's a, it's a lovely, lovely item. Um, and obviously, um, for, for most of us uh, hardcore collectors and fans, the CDs inside gave us new artwork and new sleeve notes that we hadn't sort of seen before, um, exposed us to some, some fantastic images that were, were new to us or were slight variations on ones that we had known before. Um, and obviously alongside that, you've got the box set with the eight albums in, but the eight albums were also available to purchase separately. So you could buy them in the United States and you could buy them in the United Kingdom and you could buy them in Canada. And the Canadian pressings are different to the UK and the United States pressings. And then in Japan, they took the United States pressings and put an OB uh, wrap on the sides. But the difference is this. Um, so I'm going to show you a, a UK version and an American version. And all of the albums are, are, are like this. So the UK versions of the CD are, um, uh, are basically um, a uh, matte sleeve. And the United States versions are full gloss. Right. completely full full gloss so very very different um uh, and even if i show you the 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 back of the sleeve the layout of the back is quite different on this so this is the american version and this is the uk version where we even have a barcode on the back um which yeah. we don't have on the us version but does anyone realize that the layouts on the inside are completely different they are they're totally different and really yeah so so I'm showing you the American version, guys, which is basically a picture of Annie uh, on the uh, Annie Dave uh, with one of the uh, Gerard uh, Mankiewicz's photographs. The CD in the middle with Peter Ashworth in the garden photo behind. And then we have uh, another one of, um, I think that's a Peter Ashworth photo as well on the left. So that's the American layout, not what the UK layout is at all on these CDs. The UK layout is Annie and Dave's. Annie and Dave, and then the CD on the far yeah. right-hand side. So, where where was that decision made? That right, right. That, that actually, and and was Lawrence involved in having to create two entirely different versions of the sleeve for what for whatever reason? Because I can't see any any real reason to why right. this would have happened. But it's the same. All of the CDs are the same. The UK ones are all with the CD on the far right-hand side. And all the American CDs are in the center. And um, I'd say that the CDs, uh, the actual packaging, the UK packaging is bigger than the American version. It's just ever so slightly larger all, all round. Uh, but I just find I, those anomalies I love is that, you know, why? Yeah, that's very interesting. I believe I have a, a, a both versions of the box, and I believe I did notice those differences, but I'd forgotten all about it. So yeah, <laughs> thanks for bringing that up. That's and that's really cool. And, and it's even even we have the, to ask um, Lawrence about that. Even even like on on the UK version, the, uh, the booklet sits behind the first panel, but on the uh, the American version, the 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 booklet is not not even is is here. It's behind the third. It's behind the third panel. Yeah. So, yeah. so the, the and and the, the so the whole design is has been totally changed for the for the for the different markets. And this is this this is this is the sort of finer detail of collecting, I guess. It doesn't matter what it is you collect. You, you could you know for for I I don't consider myself a completist because I know it's not a feasible thing to do. 
but I like to collect things that are just a bit different or a little bit unusual. Um, exactly. And and little and little quirks like this are the things that I go, yeah, that's really cool. I like that. But why? Yeah. And this is the sort of stuff that Dave and Annie would never know about. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Right. They would never. They would never. They would never know that. It's a decision that's being taken by somebody totally outside of of, of of their sort of sphere and control, I guess. Right. Yeah. Wow. So look, that's well, that, that's a walk through some of the items, which um, I just thought, you know, it's, it, I didn't, I didn't want to just do a top 10 of things that I thought were the most collectible, just some things that have got perhaps some interesting stories behind them. Yeah. You know, may, yeah I, think, I think it worked out wonderfully. Maybe, yes, that's um, been very enjoyable. Very enjoyable. Like I said, you, you had things there that, I did not know about, or if, if I did, I had forgotten. But uh, really interesting. Thank you for sharing all that with us. Yeah, yeah we really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us for, it looks like an hour and a half, so we're going to have a nice podcast here to share. Um, yeah. Again, I want to mention, to see all of these images, go to Steve's site, eurythmics-ultimate.com. You can see them all there. And um, thank you, Steve. We'll have to do another uh, podcast about collectibles at some point because I think we can talk about this all day long. Yeah, we could do a memorabilia one as well because uh, we have a whole memorabilia archive going on here as well. <laughs> it might be fun to even get some fans involved, fans with scrapbooks and yep. stuff, you know. Yeah, um, and if anyone... If but anyone before has, we, before um, we end the podcast, I want to remind everybody to vote in the Rock and Roll yeah, Hall of Fame definitely. daily until April 29th. Um, you can find links to voting at Steve's site, my site, on all the Facebook pages. It's everywhere. So um, please vote. They're in the top five. They're holding steady. I'm really impressed at how steady they're holding. And uh, so we were uh, and Eurythmics uh, yesterday uh, surpassed uh, 30,000 votes ahead of number six, which is still Judas Priest. Yeah. And uh, it seems to me that every two days or three days, that they continue to go over another thousand level. Yes. Uh, and it's very interesting to see that it's, I'm very, um, very anxious. I'm, I'm very hopeful about it. Yeah. Yeah. I have found myself late at night remembering like, Oh, you didn't vote. <laughs> and running to the computer. Every morning with my morning coffee. I do. It. <laughs> yeah. That's the way to do it. <laughs> So if they, if they get in, all three of us will see each other in Cleveland yeah. later this year. I'm, I'm sure. I hope so. Not the, the, the way I'm doing it is when 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 the post goes out, I check it on my Instagram feed that the post for the day that we've done has gone out, and then I use the link to make sure that the link works. So that's then when I vote. <laughs> that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah, I always worry about that too. I, I like let's hope the links work, and I test them too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway. Mark, did you want to say something else? Like I, you just, were... I just wanted to say thanks again to, to Steve and always nice to see you. I've met you in person twice now, but twice, uh, it's good yeah. to see you here. Yeah. <laughs> the, of course, this is an audio, a, a podcast audio. We're seeing each other at the moment, uh, how we're recording this, but um, it, it is always nice to see you. Yeah. Thank you. It's and, been, uh, been a real pleasure, guys. It's been really enjoyable chatting to you both. Thank you, Steve. Uh, we really appreciate it. And we'll have you back soon and we'll talk about this stuff again. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Excellent. Bye. <laughs> right. Do you want me to um, just.